Hi, and welcome to the What on Earth Can We Do podcast, the show where we chat with environmental leaders from across Alberta to figure out what on earth we can do to take action against climate change and protect our environment. I'm your host, Bree Hewitt, Communications and Engagement Specialist at the Alberta Emerald Foundation. And today we're talking about solar with Kai Ferion and Gersh Ball, co-CEOs of Zeno Renewables. Solar energy is a super popular topic right now and a fast growing source of our electricity needs. To show just how much the solar industry is growing, we did some research on the Canadian Renewable Energy Association's website and found that while wind and solar met less than 1% of Canada's electricity demand in 2009, they met approximately 6.5% of Canada's electricity demand in 2020. We also discovered that currently, in Canada, there are more than 43,000 solar energy installations on residential, commercial, and industrial rooftops, providing power directly to those homes and businesses. Today's guests know better than anyone about the solar industry and its benefits, as they've made it their company's goal to install solar solutions on over 1 million homes by 2040. Kai Ferion and Gersh Ball are the co-CEOs of Zeno Renewables and were also the recipients in the business category, sponsored by the Edmonton Community Foundation, at the 31st Annual Emerald Awards. For those of you who haven't heard of the Emerald Awards before, it's an awards program that showcases organizations, projects, and individuals across Alberta who are raising the bar in addressing environmental and climate change issues. And with that, let's get into our conversation about solar. Hi, Kai and Gersh. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Well, awesome. Thanks, Gersh and Kai. I can't think of two better people to chat about solar energy with today. So I'm really excited to start the conversation and teach people a bit about solar and how they can get involved in it and maybe dispel some myths that there are around solar energy. So can you provide a brief introduction to what solar is and a basic description of how it works? Yeah, I think. It's the, I'll take three different, I'll take three different perspectives or provide three different perspectives into regards to what solar is. The first is the social perspective. Uh, and that is, it's the most democratic form of energy that we have available. It's an opportunity for an individual to almost vote for the way that they want to get their energy by choosing to make an investment in something that is financially viable and, and environmentally viable. The second is the technical side. Solar technically is part of a larger chain reaction, which is the more or less the sun. The sun is the greatest and most large or the largest nuclear reactor that we have in our galaxy. And that itself provides a significant amount of energy in the form of solar when it gets to the planet Earth. It's basically light that's traveling across, across our galaxy, going into our ozone layer and then hitting, hitting the ground. What solar panels ultimately do is capture that energy. They, the efficiency of a solar panel on average is about 21 to 23% of being able to capture the total amount of energy that is being hit by the sun. The actual overall efficiency of a solar panel is about 99%. So there, it's, an extremely, it's an extremely efficient form of energy that's being collected for free. I mean, it's, it's basically just something that's a byproduct of our, I guess, our life on planet Earth or the light switch being turned on, for lack of better words. And the last is technical or the tech, the tech side of it, not the technical side of it. The solar is a really cool thing that you can do to your house that looks sweet, modernizes the look of the home, but also is something that you can have fun with your friends with. So a lot of our clients 
that have solar have a killer app that we provide to them. And they will generally have conversations amongst themselves of who produced the most energy, which side of the house is producing the most energy, how they were able to power their electric car for free and things of that nature. So there's three, three really cool perspectives on what solar is. And depending on those that are listening out there, hopefully one of those speak to you. Yeah, that's great. That's a really good basic understanding of solar energy and how it can be of benefit to you. And so you kind of touched on it a little bit, but can you expand on some of the benefits, environmental or financial, of installing solar on your home? Sure. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can take that one. Um, so overall, the environmental benefits, the, the obvious ones are that you're changing your energy from whatever the grid might be supplying. So if you look at the home uh, itself, right now we have a fairly we have a mixture of aspects to our grid in Alberta where we're getting our power. So there's more and more renewables coming on, but even when it comes to grid scale, we're about 1% or not even. So fairly, fairly small amount that's being fed to the house. Um, so the environmental benefit is very localized. So you're now producing power on your home. Um, you can utilize that within the house right away. So you can offset your uh, loads within the house. And then if you have an electric vehicle, which I'll touch on afterwards, that can benefit as well. Or you can then feed it back to the grid. So you're actually reifying your house, but you're also hypothetically greenifying your neighbors um, as they utilize your power with the microgen agreement where you can feed the power back and forth. Um, so those are the easy environmental ones. Then if you have an electric vehicle, uh, it's then bringing clean energy to that electric vehicle. So instead of going and plugging into, again, a coal powered grid or a diversified grid that we have, um, you're now allowing that to have a solar power to charge that. So very good um, environmental benefits. The other one is the actual solar panel itself, so the panels that we use are a tier one product. Um, they take about two years to offset the manufacturing of the panel, uh, which is always a big question that comes up as well. Nothing is truly green because they all take, there's energy in uh, that kind of aspect to produce it. Um, so two years on average where the warranty lifespan is 25 and the expected is anywhere from 30 to 40 years. So really, really good um, environmental impact on that side of things. Um, and then obviously different areas of, of where you're sourcing that. Uh, when it comes to the financial side of it, uh, very feasible as well. So as everyone's seen, the electricity prices in Alberta have skyrocketed, so to say it nicely. Um, over the last little while, I think energy security has become a big topic globally. Um, and it's always an interesting one because it comes it becomes a topic globally, but it also becomes a topic in Canada where we always kind of see ourselves as being energy secure, but it's something that we need to keep in mind. Um, kind of in the back of our mind at all times. And when it comes to the financial side of it, the more that electricity prices increase, the more feasible solar becomes. Now, we didn't need prices to be at where they are today for it to be financially feasible. Um, even if you're looking at like the seven to nine cent range, the, the economic payback on, a, on your average system, which is anywhere from around $21,000, uh, and then we'll take into account the federal rebate that's available as well, um, which is about $5,000. So it puts you in that $15,000 to $16,000 range. Uh, your paybacks are anywhere from kind of that seven to nine year mark. So very good. Again, if you look at what I mentioned earlier on the 25 year warranty of the modules themselves. Um, and then the exit that is pretty much just accelerated as electricity prices go up, your payback becomes quicker. Um, so the financial side is very feasible. And then there's also different aspects where you could feed power in at different rates um, based on summer and winter, uh, which would be a solar club rate that's available here in Alberta uh, that you can sell back at about 26 cents. 
uh, to the grid in the summer, and then you can buy it back at lower rates in the winter to, to have that net positive benefit of the overproduction months. So both from an environmental and financial standpoint, really, really feasible. Um, and it's, it's awesome because it's not really that conversation anymore of one or the other. It's you can do both um, and everyone can benefit from it. So. Yeah, I think that that's, those are the two, the thing, two things you touched on that really resonated with me was the payback period for the investment that it costs you to put the solar on your home. And also the, you know, the year, the offset for the solar panels themselves. I think that's a question I myself ask often or think about often when I'm trying to determine whether or not I'm going to put solar panels on my house is I I don't know why I thought it was like a 20 year offset thing. Maybe that was an old statistic, but I was like, ah, oh, maybe it's not worth it. But hearing the two year offset, I'm like, oh, wow, that's fantastic. I think that that's very reasonable. And then to hear, I think you touched on or answered one of my questions already. My next question was going to be the average cost of an install, which I think you noted at like 21,000. Yeah. And then there's that federal grant, which is fantastic. So that's lowering the cost. And then to hear a seven to nine year payback period is, it seems fairly feasible with those financial assistance from the government. And yeah, you know, if you have the means to do it, it seems like a really fantastic option, especially being able to sell back some of that power if you're producing enough to the grid. So that's great. Gersh, did you have anything that you wanted to add to the environmental or financial benefits of solar? Yeah, I mean, just to riff off what the both of you are talking about, it's, it's really interesting what Kai said, and it gets looked over quite often, is you just need one or two bad years for solar to almost pay itself off completely. And what that comes down to is the volatility in the market in relation to what energy costs is no longer predictable. There used to be a time in which energy was stable over time, but now there's different barriers in place to guard against inflation increases, forced inf inflation increases, uh, there's different makeup of where the energy is coming from, whether that be oil and gas, uh, hydro, wind, whatever it is, right? All of that, the, the greater the mix, the greater the chaos that might come. And the one thing that solar does do for an individual homeowner is it gets rid of the chaos and brings in stability. You're basically taking 25 years of electricity and paying for it up front, but all of it is in your favor and nothing is in, in it is against your favor. And Alberta, specifically outside of all of the provinces and territories in Canada, is one of the greatest places to do it because of the way our market is set up, being a deregulated market. For those who are listening, if you don't know what a deregulated market is, basically there's basic there's rules set, but the market is what determines what the price of electricity is here and what comes on grid. Um, the only other thing that I can add outside of what the both of you were talking about is an investment into the future. So it's cool that, yeah, it saves you electricity. It's great that it's good for the environment, but what about humanity? It, solar doesn't save humanity, solar saves the planet. The planet could kick us off at any time if it decides to. And what we're talking about when, it ta when we're talking about the benefits of solar is an investment into the future and the individuals that are in the industry. If you choose to get a solar system, it's not, it's, it takes anywhere from, any, anywhere from about eight to 20 people to get one solar project executed. That doesn't mean that there's eight people on your site. That means that there's a project coordinator, a project manager, a marketing team, a sales individual, an installer, and then a management team, potentially one or two individuals that are represented in that, that allow that solar system to come and come to life. And what that means, it's an investment into the future in regards to jobs and, and our economy. And that's where I get really excited about solar is that I don't believe that it's the be all and end all, but it's, a, it's an investment into, hey, we're here and we want to constantly make the world a better place. 
oil and gas had had a fantastic run in Alberta and it still is having an awesome run. And I'm always all for that in regards to it from an economic standpoint. But now we need to start investing into the future of energy that is looking a little bit different than what we're used to. And that'll allow us to eventually get to the point where as a species, we'll be able to hit the target run ahead. Yeah, I think that's a great point to touch on how many people are involved in getting a solar project up and running and the importance that those people play in our economic markets. And to kind of go back to what both of you were saying earlier is that it's it's a purpose-filled job to work in the solar industry. You're doing something you love. You can still be an electrician uh, and work in that market, but also contribute towards meeting those goals as a, as a province and a country and a global society. So I, I like that piece as well. It gets me excited. And that nicely, actually nicely weaves into my next question. So let's say someone wants, someone listening, also me, I would like to install solar on my home one day. Uh, what, what does that process look like? How do you, what, what, what does it start like? How do you get the process started? And once you get that process started, what are the steps to get that panel or that solar array installed? Yeah, so there's two different paths that exist in regards to going solar. One is the self-guided path uh, for individuals who like to get information on their own terms. So are you an individual that likes to Google search things before you reach out to anybody to understand what the benefits are? And then the second path is just trust the expert side of things. So as an organization, we built a reputation that's the second one, where we want to support individuals that want to seek out their own information, but we also want to make sure that we make it as easy as possible and, and as clear as possible for those choosing to trust us. So what I mean by putting a lot of energy into that is if you take a look at any of our Google reviews, take a look at even this opportunity for us to be an Emerald Award, uh, an Emerald, the Alberta Emerald Foundation Award recipient, these things are critical in regards to us providing that confidence in the community that this is the way to go. Now I'll let Kai touch on what those actual steps look like as each one is as important as the other and they're all necessary in order to make sure that the project goes successfully. Yeah, thanks, Rich. Um, yeah, so overall, a big part of our process is simplifying it. So we want to make sure that you're not coming in and having to, again, like Gersh mentioned, there's some individuals want to do a bunch of their research. That's fine on the research side. Once you've chosen to actually move forward, the next step we want to make it as easy as possible because the barrier to entry can sometimes be processes, right? So overall, um, if you look at solar side of things, you've picked, you've kind of picked company or whatever you've looked at with us, you come in, you fill out a form. Now, what that form does is it allows us to gather a bit of information about your home, um, about your energy bills, things like that. And then one of our solar specialists will reach out to you, take a look at everything with you, make sure that you've submitted the right information, get some more uh, pictures from you of, uh, around your home and what everything looks like. And then our design team goes ahead and makes a design for your home. Um, they put together a full proposal that's fairly in-depth. It talks about the company. It talks about different aspects of your system what products you're going to be getting, what are the financial benefits, what are the paybacks, what are the costs to you. Um, and then that that's what the solar specialist goes through with the end user. Now, once the end user will, will take a scenario where they say, yes, they go forward with the project, um, that then gets handed over to our operations team. And from there, like Gersh mentioned, um, you have your operations, your coordinators and your PMs that are dealing with the end user and the client. Um, and they're, they're making sure that all the inventory is there for the project. They're making sure that all the scheduling is in place, all the paperwork is taken care of. So 
your electrical permitting and your microjet agreement, which is that you can feed power back and forth. And then as soon as all that is um, completed and set up, they'll send a crew to your house. The actual aspect of the install, <clears throat> excuse me, can take anywhere from two to three days on average to install the system. Um, with that being said, it's about 80% outside and 20% inside of your home. So the nice thing is it's not something where you're doing a basement reno and it's always in your house, it's loud, it's everything's going on. It's fairly simple on the impact it has on your everyday life um, and being able to integrate that as well. Once that's completed, then there's an inspection. So there's a city inspection that comes in, checks all of our work, make sure it's all to code and, and everything's in place. As soon as that can, is completed, it's then um, turned over to the energy provider. They'll switch your meter, uh, the system's energized and your solar specialist kind of walks you through everything. And from there, um, you're pretty much complete with this with the actual process. Now, the other part that I actually can touch on as well is the incentive side and the interest-free loan. Um, I know we talked on the interest-free loan a little bit, or sorry, the, the, we talked about the grant on the $5,000. There's also an interest-free loan. Um, so during the process of the payment side, um, you can actually choose to go with an interest-free loan uh, where you go through the government, it's up to $40,000 that they'll cover, 10-year amortization, uh, interest-free. So with that, we'll work with you to make sure that the energy uh, advisor comes out, looks at your home, gives you advice on, on kind of the products you need, which i.e. solar being one of them, uh, and then being able to make sure that you submit the paperwork to get approved for that, and then also getting approved at the back end to then benefit and get the $5,000 incentive and also trigger the loan itself. Um, so overall, process is as streamlined as possible, making sure that you're only dealing with a few individuals, but then there's all the things on the back end that then create those 10 to 12 jobs per actual one system um, so that all the things keep moving forward. And it's the whole process itself is usually from contract to completion is about that six to eight week period. Okay, that's great. That was going to be my next question was how long on average does it take? So six to eight weeks, it sounds like you can make your decision and then have your install done pretty quickly, which is, which is great. And is that six to eight week period, does that include doing that work there with the government to qualify for that interest-free loan and the rebate? Or does that add some time onto that six to eight week period? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it can add some time. Um, it depends on the approval right now. Gersh can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's anywhere from around four to five weeks that we normally see the approval for the, the interest-free loan. Um, we do have options where we can we can offer financing through that or whatever it might look like. Um, if you're not going with the, the loan itself, then it's it's really simple um, because again, we we coordinate to make sure that the energy assessor is coming to your house. So that would be in that six uh, six week window. Yeah, just to add to that, um... There are a lot of forces at play in regards to getting this, getting solar installed with the government programs that are available because we are a turnkey organization. So turnkey basically means, hey, I want solar, I'm coming to Zeno, that's it. You don't have to go to anybody else. We're able to accelerate certain pieces, whether that be the energy assessment or the loan piece or even the microgen. Because we've been around for over seven years, we have a very good um, understanding of what is required, as well as a fair amount of influence in regards to the associations that are part of the forces that we're alluding to. If you do go with a provider that doesn't necessarily have this level of expertise, there is a reality that you could be waiting a year. And I know that sounds ridiculous when you compare it to six, to six weeks, but it isn't unheard of. 
And the reason being is that some solar companies that don't have the buying power or direct manufacturer relationships don't necessarily get the material they need to install the solar systems. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that they're a bad company. It just means that they just haven't had the time to mature and grow into the market. So we do have an advantage from that perspective in regards to making sure the products are getting off the ground and to make sure that individuals aren't feeling the forces that were put into play because of COVID, so supply chain issues and things of that nature. So just be aware that it's a very important question to ask is how long do your systems take on average? And maybe even asking like, how long did your last five systems take? So we give an average range, we give that average range for that specific reason. They can be faster or shorter, but generally not that much longer. We'll be right back after a quick message from our sponsor. This is Jesse Murphy from Capital Power, here to share some love for the Alberta Emerald Foundation and for all the work they do to elevate the environmental superstars and stories from across our beautiful province. At Capital Power, we're powering a sustainable future for people and planet, and we are a proud partner of the Alberta Emerald Foundation. Did you know we opened our first ever Canadian solar facility in spring 2022? Strathmore Solar is a 41 megawatt facility located on 320 acres of land near the town of Strathmore in southeastern Alberta. Each year we welcome up to 600 sheep from Whispering Cedars Ranch to graze on our site. This helps us to manage the land in a sustainable way. Our partnership with these local farmers maximizes the utility of our solar site and provides additional land for their animals to graze, to grow, and to thrive. This project represents just one step on our pathway to net zero by 2050 as we continue to grow our fleet of renewable generation and to develop innovative solutions to power a sustainable future for generations. Visit capitalpower.com to learn more about us. What are some common misconceptions about solar, maybe reasons why people wouldn't take the plunge or be hesitant to? And, and if you can dispel those myths, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I love these ones. So these are really entertaining sometimes because individuals who don't understand something can do one of two things. They can ask questions or if they can lead with really pointed statements. Those that ask questions, thank you. That's how you get to learn. Those that have pointed questions also thank you because then we have some really funny conversations. So the individuals or the individual ones that we get the most are hail, snow, um, other things such as they're not environmentally friendly, all those different things. If you go to our website, we actually have an entire misconceptions page that can walk you through all those issues are, but just to touch on the ones that I mentioned, so hail. We have a running joke in the industry that if there's a strong enough hailstone, there's a good chance your house will be gone, but the panels will still be there. For those who are curious, um, take a look at the hurricane footage from uh, earlier on this year down in Florida. A lot of houses were destroyed, but the solar panels were still there, which sounds kind of crazy. But when they're installed on homes, there's a lot less risk when compared to ground mount systems, for example. Uh, they're mounted to a surface in which the wind loads are low and the uplift is not as severe as it could be in other situations. And that is further tied to, once again, the hail side of things. That these panels are 4R rated, which means roughly 100 mile per hour golf ball size hailstones that the panels can withstand, which is great. On the other side is the snow. We get these comments all the time in regards to, oh, they don't work in the snow. Yeah, the, the idea behind solar installed on a home is not live on in the moment energy. It's about balancing your energy over the year. So as we know, our summers and our springs are quite long here and beautiful. That's when you make the majority of your energy. And that energy then goes back to the grid, 
which the utility companies give you a credit for. That energy then can be carried forward into the wintertime and balance out your winter bills as well. So yeah, absolutely, it is true that during the wintertime, there's gonna be periods where we have a significant amount of snowfall and those solar panels don't work. But depending on your inclinations, you could go sweep that snow off. We don't recommend it because obviously snow is a lot heavier when it's a cumulative amount. But ultimately, that's that's what that's why we don't get too worried about the snow. It's about the energy over the balance of the year. Uh, and then, what was the last one, Kai? I think I'll let you, I'll let you handle that. Last misconception. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other other big ones. Um, you covered most of all. Oh, the other big one is that you need batteries. Um, one that we get a lot of is that you have to have batteries on your system, which is not true um, here in Alberta. So with the microgen, I think I've said that word a couple of times, we touched on it a little bit. All that pretty much means is that it's an agreement with the distribution company that you can feed power back and forth at any moment. So instantaneously with your meter, which actually means you don't need batteries. So to put that into perspective, a battery right now is anywhere from an extra 20 to $25,000, very expensive. Um, so you're doubling the project cost. Um, so yeah, a lot of individuals think that you need that to make your system work. Um, you do not. There is certain areas where you do in the world, but in Alberta, we don't. So it makes it nice and easy. Pretty much the grid is your storage system uh, and you feed it back and forth and it goes back to what Gersh is saying. It's taken on a yearly basis, not on an instantaneous moment when it comes to kind of your power and offsetting your energy. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I I hadn't heard that myth before, but I can totally understand how people would think that maybe because they're thinking, oh, well, if you're having solar in your house, you're your complete own isolated system. But that's not true as you're feeding back and forth between the grid instantaneously, which is which is really great. And you're also getting, uh, you can get paid for it, correct? That was something that you were saying is that the uh, companies, the energy companies can pay you for the excess that you create. Is that true? Yeah, that's that's correct. So you pay at a one-to-one ratio. So whatever your uh, energy is that you're, you're charged for, that's what you get paid for it as well. Um, but the nice thing is it can actually go to everything on your bill. So you can have bills where you are in the positive um, in the summer months where you're overproducing enough that your fees and everything are covered by the, the extra excess. Uh, so yeah, it's a really great agreement here in Alberta. Mm, that's awesome. Once a solar system is installed, what does the maintenance for that system look like? You know, one year after the fact, five years, 10 years, what does that maintenance look like? So I can, I can touch on that one. A few of our maintenance is an interesting thing. Uh, you can either have a no maintenance system for solar, or you can have a high maintenance system for solar. So depending on the individual, do you like to have your bills analyzed for you? Do you want to make sure that you have uptime connectivity for Wi-Fi, things of that nature? Those are generally the things that solar can create issues on. When we're talking about the components themselves, so like the inverter, which is the device that converts the energy from solar energy to usable energy in your home, the panels themselves, the racking, basically they don't have any maintenance on them. You know, it, there's no snow removal requirements, clean requirements in Alberta, because we have four distinct seasons, which allows the panels to be maintained without an individual being involved. But if you're somebody who's concerned with uptime and you wanna make sure your Wi-Fi is always connected, or you want a monthly analysis of the performance of your system from a financial standpoint, that's where we can come in and provide an additional oversight. But the general maintenance in terms of having to do something to the system, it's more or less set to forget. Have it installed by a reputable inst installation organization that knows what they're doing. And you can just let, I guess, the energy come into your home and see your bills go down. 
And you were mentioning Wi-Fi. How does Wi-Fi play a role in the solar PV system? Yeah, so every single system is connected to a solar app. That solar app does a multitude of things. It tells you how much energy each panel is being created. It tells you what your carbon footprint reduction is. It also gives you an understanding of how your system is, is producing energy in sum. So how much is it producing in the month, the year, so on and so forth. That needs Wi-Fi connectivity. So you need to be able to connect to the internet in order to be able to get that information on your smartphone or Apple Watch, whatever it is that you're utilizing to manage your daily life. Without that Wi-Fi connection, you won't be able to easily see what your system is doing. And is that a requirement on each system or is that something people can just add on so that they can see the data behind their panels? Yeah, it's something that's included for free. There's no additional cost to have that added to your system. The, but it, and it isn't a requirement. Like we would have to, we can come in and set up the solar system without having to log on to the internet, but it is preferred to have that connected. And there, it is a secure login as well too. So it's password protected and authenticated. There isn't any concern of your information being shared to parties that don't want to do good stuff with that information. So it is secure from that standpoint as well. Oh, that's great to hear also that you can kind of just see what's going on behind the behind the curtain with your solar panels and see how efficient they are. And I don't know the details of what's on the app, but it sounds like for people who are really interested in learning more and going in depth about their solar system, that's a great option for them. Yeah. I mean, you want to, you want to make sure you're getting what you paid for, right? Like as, as a homeowner myself, there's nothing that I do to my house for fun. Like everything I do has a need and it has to satisfy a requirement whether that be functional or aesthetic, it has to have a purpose behind it. With solar, it has so many different benefits. The nice thing is that app allows you to be able to have confidence in the investment that you made, whether it be an environment or the financial side of things. That's a great point to make sure that your investment is, is working for you and is actually paying off. I think that having that option to, to connect to Wi-Fi and see that data is really important. Was there anything we didn't chat about that you want listeners to know about solar in general, about installing solar on their home, or about your company? Yeah, I think I would like to paint a picture of what the future of this industry looks like. So beyond all the fun stuff that we talked about with job creation, all those things, what does it actually mean to you as an individual? Uh, From our knowledge and understanding of the power of this technology, the kind of lifestyle that you live is potentially awesome. So currently, the two things that really suck are having to pay utility bill, a utility bill that you have no control over and having to go to a gas station to fill up your car where there's potential fire hazards and the chances of you going home with stinky hands and then having to eat dinner is pretty high. Like there's a lot of times when I go to the gas station and I come home and I'm like, oh crap, now I, you know, this is not fun. I have to scrub my hands clean. Um, what the picture looks like uh, when you have solar on your home, you have an electric vehicle charging station and you have an, a modern EV is as follows. So, Imagine you wake up in the morning and you get into a vehicle that was plugged into a wall that was powered by panels on your house. And then you drive to work and at work, you're able to plug that vehicle in. And it's also charged at a charging station at a building that is having energy that's diversified. So it can be a combination of natural gas. It can be a combination of wind and solar, whatever that might be. And you're able to utilize that energy to be able to power your transportation wherever you go. Now there's another hypothetical scenario as well too. Let's say, for example, you wake up in the morning, you get in a vehicle and you drive to work and it turns out all your streetlights are off. But you didn't have an issue. You didn't even realize the power had turned off because your electric vehicle was powering your house. A new technological breakthrough that's coming to Canada, and it's already here with some of our clientele, but it's been in Europe for a long period of time, is something called car-to-grid technology. 
So when we talk about batteries being expensive, batteries are actually cheap if you buy them with an electric vehicle, which all electric vehicles come with. And modern electric vehicles are able to empty their energy into the home. So let's say, for example, if you buy a Tesla Powerwall, it's about $20,000, $25,000 installed. That'll be able to power four devices in your house for anywhere from 48 to 72 hours. But an electric vehicle, let's use a Ford Lightning, for example, can power your entire house for four to five days. And then if you have with solar, it could potentially power your house indefinitely. The seamlessness between these electric vehicles powering your house or being powered by your house is, is almost in, not noticeable. You would have to be paying extremely close attention to even notice an interruption in your electricity. So that's ultimately the future that we're talking about. One where you have security in your financials, security in your transportation, and security in your reliable energy so that you can make sure that your hamburgers are cool for Sunday's barbecue. So it's a good lifestyle. And it's one that's much more sustainable than the one that we're currently dealing with, where global, global economies or global different global-based economies have an influence on what's going on here. So ultimately, it's a good lifestyle. And it's all happened because of all the previous industries that allowed us to get to this point. So we have to remember to be grateful, but simultaneously excited. Knowing that your, your car, your electric vehicle can power your house, that's so cool. And I had no idea that was a thing and makes me even more excited to hopefully one day be able to get one. And, and I know that was something when, when I was in Calgary and we were filming your documentary series video, we were chatting a bit about my desire to get an electric vehicle and how I didn't quite have the money yet to have an electric vehicle, a vehicle and a full solar array on my house. But we were talking about putting a solar array on your garage and how that can help power your electric vehicle specifically. Maybe we can expand a little bit for people who are thinking uh, the same idea that I am getting an electric vehicle, but not wanting to power it through the grid specifically. When you're, if you're taking that into consideration, you want an electric vehicle one day, on average, it's anywhere from, depending on your drive, your driving, it's about six solar modules, six to eight solar modules to power that car. So there's a few different paths you can take. Let's say, for example, if you live in a home where it's heavily shaded, the roof pitch isn't good, but you have at a garage or you have enough access to sunlight to get a small system on, that still has an awesome benefit that you can neutralize your transportation. Uh, one of the sig most significant carbon footprints that we have as a society in Canada is our transportation to and from work, to and from leisure activities, grocery stores, you name it. That's where some of our heaviest carbon footprint comes from. So you can neutralize that at a lower cost. The ultimate dream is obviously to have your house powered by solar and then have the car powered by solar. But if that is a conversation that isn't necessarily economically viable for you as an individual, you can start off with one of our starter systems and focus on just powering your car and using that as your, your foot in the door. Most people that have done that historically end up coming back pretty quickly and they're like, oh, wow, the financial benefits are here. I want the full system. But it's a really good way to get your feet wet and get started. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to hear that, that that can be a good way to get started if you're not quite financially there and ready to make the full investment in the solar array that, that covers your whole roof. But we, we chatted about the average cost to install a full solar system. What would be the average cost for that starter system that you're chatting about? Those systems are usually, I think, if I correct me if I'm wrong here, they're anywhere from like six, they're right around like 60, no, probably with current prices, seven to $8,000 on average. And then you could also qualify for a rebate with the government for that as well? Correct, you can. So you can apply for the Greater Homes Grant for a solar system that is focused purely on your electric vehicle, which is in that $7,000 to $8,000 price range. And that'll be able to take care of your transportation. Uh, you should also be able to provide uh, apply for the Greater Homes Loan as part of that. 
So that Greener Homes loan, which it works in conjunction with the Greener Homes grant, is zero percent interest, up to forty thousand dollars per household, and it's a ten-year, uh, it's a ten-year term, and it's fantastic. It's basically just an investment to the economy from the federal government to spur forward this industry in an accelerated manner. Thank you both for coming on the podcast today to chat, and uh, yeah, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more, check out the resources in the show notes. In our next episode, we'll be joined by Sarah Jansen from Blender's Garment Recyclers to chat about textile waste. Make sure to click the subscribe button to get notified when we post the episode. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is a program of the Alberta Emerald Foundation, a nonprofit charity that showcases, inspires, and empowers Alberta's environmental achievements. To learn more about the Alberta Emerald Foundation, head to our website, emeraldfoundation.ca, or follow us on social media, at Alberta Emerald. A big thank you to our sponsors, the City of Edmonton, the Government of Alberta, Syncrude operated by Suncor, Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation and Beverage Container Management Board, Capital Power, the City of Calgary, Dow Canada, and the Alberta Forest Products Association.